It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome aboard. It's been a little sporadic for the last week or so with the holidays and everything, and we had the uh, SC4 tournament, which we're going to uh, talk about at length uh, here because we saw 13 games in three days, plus there were other games outside of that event that were going on over the course of those three days as well. So it was actually a very busy stretch of boys and girls basketball. Yeah, and I think some of the most interesting results came from not at SC4. I think that uh, it was Port Huron Northern that made the statement that, hey, we're not just good for St. Clair County. We're not just good for the MAC. We're state good, and they did it with two very nice wins over Ann Arbor Skyline and Hamtramck, both in dramatic fashion. But those are two big-time wins. Yeah, uh, also saw uh, it was it was different because I'd see good game, and then I'd see a really bad game. <laughs> then I'd see a good game, then I'd see a not-so-good game. So it kind of had a, a combination. Um, some of the matchups at SC4 – I think could have been better, but overall, I like this event, uh, and and I like that uh, we, we get all these games in, in a short well, period of time because we get to look at a lot of people that otherwise we might not see. Right. Well, Marysville Meridian might have stolen the show at the showcase. Oh, the, that was that probably ended up being the best game, game we had all weekend. And you know, and and it's it's funny, and we'll probably talk about it more in a minute. But I, I sat there at one point in that game. I think Meridian was up 10. Yeah. And I went, okay, Marysville is area good but not state good. Yeah. And then they came back, won that game in overtime. and They kicked now, it into another gear. Yeah, now you've got to kind of go, okay, th- this was the Marysville team that beat Lake Fenton. This is the Mary- that type of effort that goes into – the games that we saw last year where we thought they were state good, not just area good. Also, for anyone at that game, I've never seen two contrasting coaches more than Ryan Rathje <laughs> and the Meridian coach. Yeah. The Meridian coach, if a girl was three inches to the left of where she should set a screen, he's jumping up and down, pointing, trying to get attention on fast break. He's literally running from baseline to half court. He was jumping up and down like jumping jacks. And Ryan Rathje just stands there very calmly. Uh, uh, he never got teed up, but but they did a couple of times have to come over and say, hey, make sure you're not coming out onto the floor because he was he was very active and very he, – he would pace from one end of his bench to Pacing the other. Pacing was the slow part. He was <laughs> running and jumping. And, and, again, I've said it in other sports, Ryan Ratchy stays calm. His team stays calm. And that's why they were able to weather the storm and come back. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get into all of that uh, and more. Oh, I'm also launching okay. a campaign today. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sure well, we can talk about is, it in the first segment. Is this a segment. New Year's resolution? No, 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 no. no it is, go ahead while it's on your mind. No, no, no. It, it has to do with what we'll talk about in the first segment. Oh, okay. All um, right. But I'm launching a campaign. Okay. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. 
Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Dura Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Dura Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Dura Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Finding that missing shin guard, remembering whether it's a home or away game, getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back, Dennis and uh, Brady, and, and apparently Brady is mandating some sort of policy now. Oh, yes, um, I am going to start the campaign. With the performance over over the break and against the quality of opponents, I am now officially launching the campaign for Tyler Jameson for Mr. Basketball. Oh, okay. Okay. I jokingly, yeah. because Brady gets excited, which is a good thing, um, because I think you should, uh, especially about this Northern team. But 
like you sent me the the Hamtramck score, yeah, which we'll we'll talk about coming up. Um, and and I jokingly sent back to you, you're buying your tickets to the finals, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> Be, because I know how you get excited about this stuff. But this is exciting stuff, uh, and and I and and it's a good place to start. But we'll start with the game played uh, last uh, Wednesday, the 28th. The twi- whenever, I think whenever the 28th, the 28th was Wednesday, was. Yeah. So against the days Ann Arbor Skyline exists during the holidays. Yeah. It's just dates. So Nor- Northern was playing Ann Arbor Skyline, and this was over in Ferndale. Yes, this was the round ball classic because they played in two different showcases yeah. uh, against some quality opponents. And they're, they're playing Skyline, who's a very quality team. And, well, it's 62-62 with seven seconds left. And Tyler Jamison walks the ball up the floor and just says, oh, you think I'm driving? I'm just going to pull up from an NBA range, hit a three with a second left, and win this game. And and, and it wasn't a bank shot. It didn't oh. rattle around. It was right down the middle, didn't touch the rim kind of a shot. Yeah. Yeah, and that was uh, a just – you knew it was coming. I mean, Dennis, how many games have we done where at the end of a quarter he walks the ball up the floor and he says, I'm making this three. He did it against Portier. I remember last year he did it against Troy Athens. He did it against Chippewa Valley in the first game. He just he just makes that one three every game where he just goes, yeah, this one's going in. And it's always from about six feet outside the, the arc. Now, the one thing, and, and Tyler talked about this with some of uh, the, the, the media that was down there, it was either state champs or the D zone, one of them. He says, he was talking about how, hey, they played a really good game. Because Northern also had three other players in double-digit scoring. Tyler finished with 24. Amir Moreland had 13. Alex Jamison had 12. And Luke Maher had 12. That's a lot of help from his teammates getting four guys in double figures to get the win over Ann Arbor Skyline, who has apparently, uh, looking at their MHSA, oh, sorry, this is the wrong year. Go on and talk. Yeah, uh, I just uh, to, to further that point, this is what wouldn't have happened last year. Last year, if Northern was going to beat Skyline, Tyler was going to have to score in the 40s. Yes. He was going to have to have just an unbelievable monster performance. He could still do that. I mean, Brady, this kid could score 35 a night probably if he had to. But that's the beauty of this. He doesn't have to, and that's why Northern's better this year. Yes, and that's why they get these wins. And you get... Again, four guys in double figures helps a ton. Last year we were talking about, hey, can you get six from this guy? Can Maher get be the one guy in double figures? And can you get a little bit from other players? And now you're not just getting a little bit. You're getting a whole heck of a lot. And when we get to Friday's game, you're going to see that even more. But, again, it's headed by having what I am throwing out there. I know there are some really talented basketball players, and it is a steep, steep, hill to climb to get to Mr. Basketball, but if Tyler Jamison isn't one of your five finalists for that award, I, I'm i sorry, I don't think you're credible. Yeah, well, you're not paying attention, that's for sure. It, it's, it would be because he's in Port Huron. Yeah, exactly, and, and again, what's the difference? Because if he played for Dakota, he'd be up for the award. Yeah. He'd be he up play, for the if, award in a heartbeat. If it was Lance Cruz North and not Port Huron Northern. They play in the same league with Dakota. They play right. Dakota all the time. Well, they, Dakota's in the red, but yes. I know, but it, it's the, the, the point is uh, they, they play a lot of the same teams over the course of the year. They play Dakota come playoff time. 
you know, it's it's like why is he less credible than a kid that that plays at another school? And, and that's the thing in is the same conference. He's doing this against really good competition. He's not doing it against some teams that are going to win four or five games. He's in against Chippewa Valley, Port Huron, Crosslex, Skyline, and then when we get to Hamtramck, that that's who he's done it against. And again, if you watch him play, he makes it look easy. Yeah, that, that's that's the other thing about it. And he makes it look pedestrian, and you actually walk away. You walk away. The kid make a game-winning three-point shot and finishes with 24 points, and you go, oh, he only had 24 points. What's right. the big deal? But again, What are you talking about what's the big deal? It's because some other kid gets 24 points, and we're going, wow, yeah, 24 points. And he's doing it <laughs> against elite competition, and he's doing it on a big stage. And uh, after that, I'm just, I was looking at it, and I'm going, yeah, he's – He's a Mr. Basketball candidate. I know there are, some, again, there are some very, very good basketball players. And I'm not saying that those other players aren't deserving because, again, there are guys that are going to big-time D1 schools, and there's a reason for that. But if I'm not saying he's won it already because he's going to – Tyler has to prove that throughout the rest of the year. And I don't know – if they wait till after the playoffs to award it or not, but he might have to have a big game in the playoffs to have his well, like a Heisman moment. But he should be a top five Mister Basketball candidate right now. Yeah, the the further Northern can go along this year, like if they're out in the districts again, then he's going to get less consideration. It's not fair, but it's it is how I think the the process works. Um, that. I don't, kids it's that not get just to the a state, regular season, is it? I think it's for the whole year. Yeah, and kids I, that usually get to the state final, if you look at the Mr. Basketball, probably most of them either played at the state final or they won the state final or they at least got to a semifinal. I also want to throw this out here. Mick McCabe did his top 100 basketball players in the state of Michigan. Tyler Jameson checked in at eight in the state. So that's pretty. That which seems really like he's. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue. No, he should have been six instead. No, of but it. I mean but that's saying he's one of the ten best players in the state. When's the last time a player from our area in boys basketball was considered a top ten player in the state of Michigan? If you count New Haven, then it's Romeo and Weems and Eric Williams. If you don't, I I don't think Weimer was ever there. Not top uh, ten. No, I, you're probably going back to the Zulofs. When they are getting D1 offers from State and Marquette and wherever they ended up. So and that was a lot longer ago than that, people wanted That to was the mid-late 80s. Yeah. So it's been a long time. So that is a lot of respect from a very credible writer from the free press. Uh, so that's, I mean... I was when I first saw that article, I was expecting him to be like in the 20s and them go, oh, he's in Port Huron, but that's... That's given him a lot of love yeah. in the top ten because again you can argue semantics. Well, could he be six? Could he be five? Who cares? You're in the top ten. You're saying you're basically that's saying he's a Mr. Basketball candidate, and he has a really good team around him that supports him. Because if you sell out to stop Tyler Jamison, there's like three other kids that can go off and score twenty points in a game. Yeah, uh, a, a good ball game that I saw at SC four on uh, Wednesday night with St. Clair and Arthur Hill in, in boys' uh, basketball. Um, I wasn't sure going in what to expect. St. Clair had just – I'd just seen them play against um, Mooney, 
and in that game they had some kids that were sick and under the weather. And then I had seen the game before that against Anchor Bay where they kind of collapsed and let that one get away. And then I find out before the game, no Logan Ellis. Right. So I'm like, okay, what else can go wrong for the Saints? They don't have Hunter Richardson. They don't have Logan Ellis. I wasn't sure if Braylon Essien was better because he was one of the guys that was under the weather for Mooney and didn't play as much. But they played a really good basketball game against a really good Arthur Hill team. They just couldn't get over the hump, though, um, Brady. And they had opportunities. They went to the free throw line late in this game. Crucial free throws that if they make, they have a chance. And guys that normally make them were missing shots. And that's what ultimately killed them because overall – I thought they played a really good game. They ended up losing sixty-three to fifty-seven. They couldn't stop uh, Lina Brooks. Well, but this is after they gave points. up what twenty-four points in the first quarter. Yes, and then the rest of the way twenty-seven. They, they were 27. down twenty-seven fifteen at the end of the first, and then they gave up just five points in the second quarter. So after the first quarter, they give up what thirty-some points the rest of the way. Yeah, and and Arthur Hill came out, and in warmups, all they did was dunk. <laughs> All they did was dunk. Kids are coming out doing windmill dunks during the warm-up, and I'm like, oh. But then, <laughs> but then I'm watching them shoot three-pointers, and it's brick, 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 and I'm like, well, geez. Um, I wish Hunter Richardson were, were here tonight uh, because uh, St. Clair's got some bigs, and maybe they can keep Arthur Hill to the perimeter right, and have a chance in this one. But Arthur Hill shot a little better than they did in warm-ups. They did dunk in this game, but not nearly like it was in warm-ups. But um, Braylon Franz played really well. He had 19 points. Um, Essien had 13 points. Cooper Pennewell was really good when he was on the floor. Cooper's problem was Brooks got him into foul trouble. So he was in and out of the game, still scored 16 points, and was a huge offensive factor, especially in the first half. And early in the game, when it could have gotten away from St. Clair, he got them a lot of scores that that kept them around in the game. But uh, ultimately, they got into foul trouble, and then when they got their free throws down the stretch, they didn't make those shots, and so they ended up losing 63-57. But this was a really close nip-and-tuck game for most of the game. So I want to use this. I mean, obviously you want to beat Arthur Hill. That would have been a nice game. But looking at the schedule ahead – St. Clair's first two games in league might be their two most important. Their first two games of the league schedule coming back from break might determine whether they are in the mix or they could be chasing pretty hard from the start at Lakeview, at Port Huron on the 6th and the 10th. Yeah. And they've been close. Hey, they haven't, they just quite haven't gotten over the hump. Four straight games now. Well, and we've talked about this. What they're they're one and four, one and five. They're one and five, and Dennis, they have a positive point differential. Yeah, uh, the, they are a really, the, the they're better than their record. They really are. They could easily have a winning record right now. They're one and five, and they could be four and three at least. Now, with that said, you got to find a way to win those games late. Because you've had opportunities. You had the lead in Anchor Bay. You were going back and forth with Mooney. Arthur Hill in New Haven, you were what? Leading in the fourth quarter. Have to, someone has to find a way to become that closer because you're playing good basketball. No one's 
disputing that you're not playing good basketball. It's, hey, you're going down to Lakeview. You got to get a bucket near the end of the fourth quarter to put it away. Who's going to do that? You're at Port Huron and got guys in foul trouble. Who's making that stop or getting the shot to win it? Because if they start off 2-0 and in league, they are now the heavy favorites in the MAC because I just, I don't know. I think St. Clair has the ability to win the Mac Silver right now. It's them in Lakeview, and we'll talk about Port Huron in a little bit, but I think it's them in Lakeview, maybe Madison, up near the top of the Silver to take it. I, I think they need to at least split these first two games. Yeah, and they're both at, on the road. At the worst, they, they need to try to figure out a way to at least win hey, one of these games. Can't win them both on the sixth. Go down to Lakeview, get that win. Win a game. Be on the right side of the scoreboard when the buzzer sounds, and I think that'll do a lot for the psyche because they have the ability to. And I don't think Lakeview's really been as tested as St. Clair has. They're 4-0. and They've beaten South Lake, Lampfear, Lakeshore, and Utica. None of those teams are that great. They play Frazier uh, on Wednesday. Don't know how good Frazier is. That should be a, a tougher game for them Frazier is well they're two and three this year so maybe Frazier isn't anything super special you might be one of the toughest teams Lakeview's played at this point go go get a win on the road and set yourself up for a run at a league title well again a lot of times a one and five team goes on the road to Lakeview and I'm not expecting much or I would be surprised if they won the game I wouldn't be surprised if St. Clair wins the game because I'm ignoring their record because I think they're a better basketball team. But like you said, Brady, you do have to at some point figure out how to win some of these close games. Right. I can only give you so much leads of, oh, they're close, they're close. At some point, you just got to get it and take the win. Uh, other scores from back, what was this, last Wednesday? Wednesday, <laughs> so long ago. Rochester beat Anchor Bay 46-42. Our Madoff gets run in the championship of the Anchor Bay Holiday Tournament, 64-34, an uncharacteristic showing from the Tigers. Yeah, I know well, Gross Point, Gross Point North, North is decent. But, again, it's one of those you'd like to see at least a little better showing, but, hey, sometimes games just get away from you. I'll see Armada early this week at PH. That's an interesting match. Yeah, they've, they've played well enough that they have a game like this. You can give them a mulligan. You can say, hey, it happens. Well, they played Croslex tough at home and took them to overtime. Uh, and uh, this might just be uh, the they knew it was their last game <laughs> before the break. Sometimes and they might have mailed it in. Sometimes, yeah, holiday games are they're a weird beast. Uh, this is a game I saw. Yale beats Birch Run 51-38 to remain undefeated. And Yale just slowly kept widening the gap. They were down one at the end of the first quarter. They were up one at halftime. They were up seven at the end of the third, and then they win by 13. They just kept chipping away, and Birch Run couldn't answer. Ryan Monarch had 22 points. Jackson Kohler had nine. Yale just played a really solid game against the down Birch Run team. They're one in five after this loss, but still, they did what they needed to do. Their defense has been really solid in all three games I've seen Yale so far. And we've been talking about it. They have the big one right out of the break. They don't get to ease into the BWAC schedule. They got Crosslex right away. That's going to be a uh, that's going to be a big game. Yeah. I expect that to be a really fun atmosphere. Well, and, and here's the thing: not not only are they big rivalries, but uh, now outside of Richmond, who we know is really good, and we'll 
get to the Blue Devils in a moment because we saw them play. Um, Yale is that other team right now in the BWAC that's kind of rising above everybody else going, Hi, we want to be here. a contender. Sorry, uh, they play Peck at home before, so they do get a little bit of a, a I guess, buffer before getting into BWAC play, which I don't, I don't mind because sometimes coming off the holiday break, you want to break the rust off a little bit before you have your biggest game of the year. So they'll play Peck tomorrow and then on... Trap game because I don't think Peck is terrible. No, Peck is not bad, but then later in the week they play Cross Lex at home and Yale's gym is really fun when it's packed and, and, and loud. All right, well, Monarch was obviously the scorer in this game against Birch Run with the 22 points. But they had a lot of balance because, you know, you mentioned Kohler's nine, but Craig and Vincent each had eight points. And and if you're getting guys that are scoring eight, nine and eight points and you're going two, three players deep with it. They rotate a lot. Yeah. They substitute a lot. They keep fresh legs out. And I think that's part of the reason why they play really good defense is because they – it's part of the culture, and that's what they want to do. And, if you, hey, if you're fresh, it's a lot easier to know, hey, I can sell out, play defense, because in a minute I'll go get a break, and someone else will come out and be able to play that level of intensity. And, again, Jackson Kohler with nine points, he just runs the offense. He's the guy that gets everyone in place, and there's something to be said for the point guard that just makes sure everything's running smoothly. All right. Uh, New Haven beat Osborne 88-25. Thanks for coming, Osborne. Right. Uh, and Sandusky got a win over Deckerville 39-28 to to round out Wednesday's boys' scores. We had some girls' basketball, and you saw this matchup, Marine City-Yale. It might have been the best matchup of the day in girls' basketball. Well, it was the one we were most excited for, but honestly, it was a not what I expected. I thought this would be a high-scoring game. I thought you'd need to get to 50 to have a chance, and it was a defensive slugfest. The leading scorer in this game had nine points. That is not what I expected in this <laughs> matchup. Marine City gets the 34-24 victory. Olivia Volkman has nine. Maya Simons has eight. Dietland has eight. You know, you had two scorers in this game and they combined for eight points. Jade Blanchard had six, and Sadie Dykstra had two. And that's because Marine City played, they leaned on their defense heavily. Their offense scored enough. They didn't score in the fourth quarter and still got a 10-point win. Yeah, that's weird. Like, you, that that's a stat that, like, you go, really? You didn't get a single point in the final quarter of a game, and you still win, I mean, 10 points. The final, it feels comfortable. The final quarter was... Four nothing. They were never in danger of losing this game. And Olivia Volkman hit threes when she needed to. And Dietland and Simons got points when they needed to. They got to the line and they held Yale to twenty four points. They had one player score six points. Seven different Bulldogs scored, but when none of them get more than half a dozen, it's hard to do that. And Yale just couldn't find its offensive rhythm. And Marine City did a really good job defensively. For a team we associate more with offense than defense, they did a really good job shutting down what has been a high-potent Yale offense. Yeah. This score concerned me when Marysville <laughs> went to uh, a, a showcase and lost to Parma Western 62-30. to And I'm like, ouch. Um, and we'll talk maybe a little more about it when we get into their overtime game 
with Farwell because there was a point in that Farwell game where I'm going, well, maybe Marysville is Meridian. Uh, Meridian. Yeah, PH played yeah, Farwell. Yeah, PH played Farwell. That's why I got that on my mind. Um, maybe Marysville is area good, but not so much state good looking at some of these results and going, yeah, they're a three and three basketball team and and that. But Marysville is actually, I think, still a really good team, but I don't know what happened here. Parma Western might be a really, really good yeah, team. They're three and five. Maybe again, maybe it's one of those games. Because it happens. They had won their last four. They and yeah, it happened. They had a clunker. And at, where's Redford Westfield prep? Somewhere in Redford. <laughs> so they played that game at 11 a.m. in Redford. That's a long way to go. Yeah, it's it's over an hour drive. That's an early morning. Hey, I'll give them a pass, especially when we talk about what happened at SC4. Yeah, uh, game that I saw, Brown City took command early against Landmark. Uh, they were up 24-2 to at the end of the first quarter uh, and rolled to a 55-6 win. Uh, Leanna Bowers had 14 points. I think Brown City had 10 kids that scored in this game. Um, and for Landmark, obviously they've got like eight girls on the team. The coach there, I think, is doing a good job. He's trying to teach them how to play basketball. Mm-hmm. They're a program that doesn't have a lot of kids, and and I don't think every kid that went out for basketball had played basketball mm-hmm. before. Um, I think that was fairly obvious. Um, and at halftime, it's the first time I've ever seen this. And I've been doing a lot of games for a long time. But at halftime, he held a practice. He he had his girls out on the floor. They never went into the locker room or anything. What are you going to talk about? They were right. down. You know, the, the game was decided by halftime. But he was working on them, teaching them to rotate on the defense, teaching them where they're supposed to be when they're running their, their offense. So... I actually, I kind of like that. Like, uh, and and I and I wish them them luck because that's a, a that's a tough hill to climb. And obviously, Brown City is too good to be playing Landmark. Yes, like well, Brown Brown City's got some good players. And, and well, the, the a, sad part well, about it say- is that I couldn't get to see them play that much because at the end of the first quarter. A lot of the starters didn't play that much. Well, you'd like that. to have a little bit of quality control at a showcase. Yeah. Nothing against Landmark, but those are you like to have good matchups at those. So Yeah, and, and there were other teams that were there that they could have played where it would have been a more competitive matchup. Romeo, speaking of which, beat New Haven 55-14. Yeah, the New Haven girls are not like the New Haven boys. No, and Sandusky... With a 34-21 win over Deckerville, not 796 for Al DeMott. So the next win for the Sandusky girls will be Al's record-tying win. Uh, Frank Orlando, right? Yes, Frank Orlando uh, from Detroit Country Day is 797. And, and Al's now at 796, and they play Vassar uh, Tuesday night in Sandusky. And if tomorrow, he, right? Yeah. yeah. And and if the Redskins win that game, the Redskins, yeah, I did the Wolves, it. that the Wolves. Well, you made it. You made it this far. With yeah, I didn't really make it that far. Uh, hey, you made it over a, <laughs> a month into the basketball the, season. The, the Wolves win that game, and no one in the state of Michigan will have won more games than Al Demott. Now I know right. somebody will have the same number of wins, but you'll... but 
Record's the record. When you tie a record, see, that's what I don't like. People, you tie a record and they don't think you've had the record. Right. Tying the record is getting the record. Right, but you want to stand alone. That's- well, but, but he will eventually, you know, yes. probably the game after, uh, assuming that, that they can win on, uh, on Tuesday. Um, but still, 796 wins. I don't care if he gets, doesn't get another win. 796 wins at Sandusky. Yes, and I It think, still blows my mind. And if, well, this will show if there's any, what, what big-time outlets are paying attention. Because, hey, if you don't want to be there when he ties the record, which is still a big deal, you better sure be there when he breaks the record. You better I be would, there. I would think that, yeah, it should be a big deal, and I don't even know. Outside of our area, how many people in the state even realize it? There should be, and I know Al hates it, but it's a testament to all the kids he's had come through that helped him get to this point and all the the community in Sandusky that there better be any media outlet worth its weight that is tangently related to prep sports should be there. They really, they ought to be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, not saying you have to do a big expose, but someone setting the state record for wins in a career should get the the press it deserves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the tying one to me is a big deal. Obviously, breaking the record is a big deal, and then the other one to me is if you get to eight hundred wins, because who, Brady, who, who in in the state of Michigan is going to get? to 800 who's going to coach that long right i mean yeah and by the way to be the winningest coach in the history well he's to be the winningest coach in the history of basketball in michigan right now roy johnston out in beaverton is at 809 and he probably started coaching when he was 12 1967 he was actually at (laughs) yale Really? Yes, in 1967-68. So, so he's moved around, though. He, hasn't, he doesn't have well, all his wins. Well, he's been at Beaverton since 1975. Okay. So he spent two seasons not there. Okay. But still, that's, uh, you know. And are all his wins in? This is boys basketball. Boys, okay. So I'm just saying to be like the winningest yeah. basketball Because we're not coach. talking about like, oh, Al had some of his wins coaching boys and girls, so he was doing – because remember, boys actually, and girls th- used to play at different times. I actually think Frank Orlando might have had like a hundred wins in boys basketball too. Yeah, so, so see, he might be yeah, that. That to me is kind of is padding. There's still wins. No, no, no. I'm saying that like on top of the seven ninety seven. Oh, okay. He had an extra, I think, hundred or so in uh, boys basketball. That's still pretty impressive. That is very impressive. I think a hundred wins at anything is pretty impressive. Yes. But at any rate, um, congratulations in advance to Al because he's going to get there. Whether it happens this week, next week, he's going to get there, and it's probably going to happen this week. Yes. So um, we'll uh, come back because we still have two more days to talk about. Right. Um, and uh, we, we you saw Port here and High play Genesee Christian. I got to see Richmond play for the first time, and, and they did not disappoint with <laughs> their performance, uh, albeit K-Pack really didn't have a chance against them. Um, and we'll get to all of that in just a moment. 
Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. We continue now with uh, uh, going back to uh, some boys basketball from Thursday now. 
And uh, Genesee Christian Port here in high was one of the matchups over at SC4. And this was a ball game that uh, you got to see, Brady. I had seen Genesee Christian against both uh, Ubley and uh, Cardinal Mooney last year in the regionals. Yes. And the the two kids for them that I know you're going to talk about shot the lights out there, uh, especially Chapman. Well, I'm going to tell you this, and Dennis, you can confirm or deny this. When Genesee Christian walks in the gym, you look at them and go, oh, okay, yeah, Porter's going to have a tough time tonight. All right. Yeah, let's. they don't have a kid over six feet tall. No, they're very small. They are very small. I think there's one kid that can grow facial hair. <laughs> like, they, it, seriously, they look like they are all, it looks like a driver's training class walked into a basketball gym. <laughs> and then they play. They don't make mistakes. They play very disciplined. They shoot the lights out. They are run and gun, and they play defense. You would think Dwayne L. Benjamin, being six foot five, would have feasted against them, and they did a great job defending the post. Uh, they did it against Mooney. Mooney won the tap last year, got a dunk from Catavera, and I don't think he scored again in the game. They. Just don't they, – they dare you to shoot. They say, all right, shoot us out of our zones. Shoot us out of our defense. And Port Huron couldn't do that. Genesee Christian was up 10 at the end of the first quarter, and that was after a prayer from Bryant Wilson was answered. He threw up a half-court shot and made it to bring it within 10. Port Huron fought back, got it to 8 at halftime, but – Genesee Christian just slammed the door in the third quarter. It was 53-34 after three, and it was a 62-45 final. Genesee Christian just did what they needed to do. Tyler Chapman hitting threes. He hit four of them. Trenton Boyke hit three threes, which, by the way, there's three Boykeys yep. now. Were there three last year? Yeah. Yeah. That's, the one didn't play much, though. The youngest one didn't play a lot. Yeah, the, the, the three played. And they were on the floor at the same time. But Boston played a ton last year. Yeah, it was Boston, Cooper, and Trenton Boyke. And I'll just tell you, Genesee Christian, part of it was they out-toughed Port Huron. They were small, they were undersized, and they didn't care. They came with that attitude, and they just they kind of out-physicaled Port Huron. They definitely outscored them, and they outshot them. Port Huron hit three threes. Uh, one was that half-court shot, and the other two were kind of when the game was out of hand. Yeah, That's the one thing Port Huron needs to find a way to do is hit threes because then it opens up the dribble-drive game more that they can do, but if defenses aren't afraid to come guard you at the perimeter, there's no reason for them to come out and guard you until you start yeah, making and, and shots. They're, and, and because PH has Benjamin – Team's going to want to pack it in yeah. and deny him well, and, the ball or double-team him, do, do what they can to well, stop and him. You look at the games of a guy like Connor Rosenau and De- Deontay Foy, they want to get to the basket. They want to attack, and they want to score from in close. They can shoot, but they obviously are they're slashers. You need a guy on the perimeter to start hitting threes and expand the defense and do it early in games. And this is a lot of teams in our area. This is not just PH, but PH is one of the teams that I'm going to harp on about this. they got to start making more free throws. Yeah. You've got to shoot better at the line. They leave 10 points a game at the free throw line. Legitimately, they're probably shooting like 50-some percent at the line this year as a team. And it's not one guy. 
everyone's taking their turn, and I don't know what it is. Maybe they're just overthinking it, but it, for some reason, Port Huron, nobody can make a free throw for Port Huron High. And, and I'm seeing it more and more with a lot more teams, um, and I, uh, maybe we just had an error there of good free throw shooters, but, like, I can uh, – Marysville Hinkley. Yeah. He, he wouldn't even look, and he wouldn't touch the rim. But it, the Connor Rosen ended with 10. Deontay Foy had seven. And Genesee Christian showed why people are saying they might be the best team in D4 because they they don't make mistakes. They just wait for you to mess up, and then they'll take advantage of it. They're one of those teams that goes on a run, and you're like, they're up 17 how? It was an eight-point game two seconds ago. Because they steal the ball, get layups, or pull up and knock down threes. And, you know, Three threes in 20 seconds is nine points right. in 20 seconds. It can happen that fast. It can. It happened pretty fast for Richmond. Uh, yeah, I, we didn't think that KPAC was going to give Richmond much of a fuss, but, boy, Rich, Richmond was on it, and they, they took advantage right away. They knew what they had, and they knew what they could take. Um, and Carl Stevens – see, I, I like this mentality – I like this, oh, well, we're, we're playing somebody we should beat so I can take it easy. Mm. No, he was, we're playing somebody we should beat. I want 40 tonight. Right. And he got Put him away early. He got 23, but he didn't play in the second half. Yeah, they, they, that's how you do it. You put them away early and then let, let the running time go as it will. But they put him away 73-18, Carl Stevens 23, Daquan Haskins 12. It was, and I want to mention Jalen Browning. Uh, he had eight points in the game. I don't know how much Jalen Browning plays. It was the first time I'd I'd said his name, but he's if nothing else, he's very athletic, and he's a future guy whose name I think we're going to say the next couple of years. So Richmond's a team that I think will be right in the mix for. A BWAC title. They're going to have some big matchups against Yale. Remember, Yale beat them a year ago. They have the rivalry with Armada. Croslex, obviously. MLA City's not a team to sleep on. They open at home against MLA City. Richmond's a really talented team. They're undefeated. They're 6-0. and They're one of two undefeated teams in the BWAC right now. Yeah. When do you go, okay, like if they open and they beat MLA City, by a bunch, do we go? Hmm. Well, I'm already going. Mm. The Notre Dame prep win was what made me go. Okay, they're they're pretty darn good, but their start of the BWAC isn't the toughest stretch. They're more backloaded. I mean, MLA City's not going to be easy, but then they have North Branch at home at Almont. Those are two games that they should win, yeah. that they're going to be favored in, and it won't be until they have Cross Lex Armada in back-to-back games that they can re- obviously really cement themselves. Yeah. I think they're there. It's just there's not going to be that crowning game until Cross Lex. Take care of business until then. But it's yeah, it's get to that point, get to nine and zero or whatever you'd be before Cross Lex, and get a ten and zero, get a chance to then cement yourselves as now trying to take Cross Lex's throne. Yeah, uh, and I wanted to give props to uh, Carlos Uribe Arce, who had 12 points for KPAC. They only scored 18. He had 12 of them. He was actually – there was a stretch there where he knocked down a couple of three-pointers, and he's actually he, – he's a, he's a pretty good basketball player. 
he just plays on a team where he's not surrounded by doesn't get a lot of support. Right. So, so Crosslex got a win. This is a nice win for them because uh, I heard that Michigan Center was a tough opponent. Yeah, and I mean, and they were way over on the other side of the state or wherever they went. Spring Arbor. That's, that's where, far away. Right. That's where uh, Soul is now. He's the one of the managers for the basketball team. So I'm assuming that was the connection. They went over there, played in a shot clock thing. Which, by the way, SE4 not a bad idea. Got those two shot clocks. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. That You're would, only saying that because who went into a somebody went into the stall. Farwell went into the no, no Meridian, Meridian went into the stall, which was bad coaching. We'll talk about that yep. when we do it. But no, I just think <laughs> that you can make some games very interesting. You get two high quality teams. You don't have to do it for everyone. Like some teams, it might not be advantageous for them to have the shot clock. But hey, you have the shot clock over there. Let's use it. But anyway, Crosslex a fifty-five forty-four win over Michigan Center. Michigan Center was four and two coming into this game. Again, I don't know what their competition is or how good or bad their four and two was. But I know Crosslex got another nice win. They're five and two. Their two losses are a buzzer beater against Gross Point North and a. Four-point loss against Port here on Northern. I'm not worried about them. Like you said, until someone takes it from them, they're, they're still king of the yeah. BWAC. I mean, and I'm going to give Richmond props. I'm going to give Yale props. But, um, it, but, but I'm not going to say they're the best in the BWAC until you beat the best. You know, Almont or Almeida played them tough the first time at home. But, yeah, until somebody beats them. Here's, Crosslex is still here's king. Here's what Crosslex opens the BWAC play with. Well, continues it because they played Armada. At Yale, home against Almont, home against MLA City at Richmond. We're going to know in two weeks whether Crosslex is still king of the hill or whether there's a fight for the crown. Yep. And, and even, even if they, they lose one in here, when the smoke clears at the end, they might still be on top. Right, but there's but there's yeah. three or four teams that are trying to climb up that hill and and knock them off. They're, they're trying very hard in BWAC boys basketball to close the gap that has been pretty wide open. I the will last say few the years. gap is closer. It is not like in what nineteen or twenty twenty one. Armada was the only team. That had even a prayer. Yes. Last year, Richmond was, it felt like the only team that had a real shot. Now, there's two or three teams that, at least right now, we think can have a shot. But we've thought that before, and then Crosslex has just crushed a team. Yeah. This was a good game. Almont and Bishop Foley was a game that I saw. Now, Foley was missing a couple of kids that are good players. But that's not Almont's problem. Almont is trying to win basketball games and because the BWAC is tough and they're trying to get better. Um, and we were joking off air. Their top two scorers had 27 points combined and their last names combined are 24 letters. Fun for you to say. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It felt probably felt like you were back doing hockey. And it was uh, uh, like Roshesky I'm used to because Kendall has been a right. star athlete there for a while, and, and we know that Clay is good, and he had 18 points in this one, but uh, Marco, yeah, Marco had nine. Radoslavic? If that's which how you want to say it. I think that's how I was trying to say it. <laughs> Radoslavic? Because there's an extra L in it? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know which, which ones we uh, we say or we ignore, 
But but anyways, uh, Luke Decker for Bishop Foley had 19 points in this game, and and we know the Foley uh, coach, uh, Coach yeah. Stefani. So I asked him after the game, I'm like, is, is, does he play like that all the time? And he's like, well, in a normal circumstances, he's our third or fourth option, and he doesn't actually get the ball as much as he did in this game. In this game, he had to be our number one guy, and they were very happy that he responded that that way. But he's like, no, he doesn't get 19 points every night. Well, and, he doesn't get the opportunity to score 19 every night. And area teams are making you very happy with beating Bishop. Yes, Foley. two and zero right now in the winter season. Well, yes. no, sorry, two and one. Marysville did fall at Bishop Foley. <sighs> yeah, so two and one. You had to still, bring that up. Still a winning record. Still a winning record. Yes. Cardinal. And, and this is a real good game. Thirty-eight, thirty-seven. Uh, the the winning bucket was scored with like what 15 seconds to go and then yeah. they had to play a little defense yeah they fully had a chance at the end where guy probably got fouled in the corner yeah i saw a couple plays like that where probably there was a foul on the last shot of the game but they yeah the, he would have had to get like knifed to get <laughs> maybe yeah. a foul call a- at that point i i know what the officials are doing let the kids decide the game yes um, and and like you say, yeah, there's a lot of contact, but we don't have to blow the whistle there. Yeah. If that's the end of the first quarter, he might be shooting free throws. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Cardinal Mooney beats Algonac 60-31. to 31. That one wasn't super surprising. No, and it wasn't super close. Algonac did a lot of its damage late, late in the game uh, when, uh, you know, Mooney had emptied the bench. The, the big story in this one that was going around uh, social media was that Trent Rice got a dunk, and it right, was his like, first dunk. Like two seconds into the game, too. <laughs> they were very excited, and that wasn't And even, he went end-to-end. Like, he picked yes. the ball off and, and raced down court, and you could kind of see that he was building up the momentum to try and dunk the and ball. And that wasn't even his best highlight from the weekend. No, probably not. No, and we'll... We'll talk about that when we get there. But Mooney beats Algonac. Marlette falls to Jalen Rose Academy, 52-22 in boys. And Clintondale beats Memphis, 57-35. Girls basketball action didn't have a ton. Cross-Lex beat Schwartz Creek. You saw this one. Cross-Lex played better. They were just a better basketball team than Schwartz Creek. And Schwartz Creek, to be honest, just wasn't good. They're 0-6, 0-7. And Cross-Lex... Did what they needed to do. Emma Knoll did whatever she wanted. Ava Oleski did whatever she wanted. And they combined for 34 points. Emma Knoll had 20 of them. And Cross-Lex just kind of put their foot on the throat of Schwartz Creek. Out of their 25 points, I think like 15 were scored in a 90-second span. There was 45 seconds to start the second quarter where they looked like a basketball team. And then there was a like another 45-second stretch in the fourth quarter where they looked like a basketball team and the other 36-odd minutes, they didn't. Yeah. And Croslex took big advantage of that. And Noel was the hot shooter in this one, but I really like Oleski. She actually, what, in the first quarter, the Pioneers had like 14 points or she whatever like it was. Eight. And she had 12, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 12. Yeah, 12 of the 16. She got her... Yeah, she got her points in early. Yeah, uh, and and I think she was a JV player called up. Yeah, uh, Schwartz Creek was shut out in the first quarter too. Yeah, so um, yeah, I think I walked into the gym and when it was like sixteen to nothing. Yes, um, and I'm like, oh, geez, you're having a good one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, Cross Lex, they did what you're supposed to do to those teams. 
Mar- Marlette had a good one. They beat Jalen Rose Academy sixty to to twenty eight. I didn't see this game, but uh, some some people who were up top uh, who did see it were just like Marlette right from the beginning. They, they're like it could have been a lot worse. There was a few games like that. Uh, this one wasn't. K-Pack beat Peck 35-33. Yeah, this is a game that uh, I did, um, and uh, Peck had beaten them a couple weeks ago at the uh, the Moore tournament in K-Pack by 12 points. So I'm like, okay, so Peck was 12 points better than K-Pack, but still, this could be a, a competitive game. And actually, K-Pack played really, really well in this game. And they held on for a 35-33 uh, win, and uh, they, they got hot shooting three-pointers. Uh, K-Pac's first five buckets of the game were three-pointers. They didn't make a two-point shot until the second half. That's impressive. I, I think but also worrisome. Yeah, I mean they're they, they made they made six three pointers and that that was their first six makes from the floor in the game. That, so I, I don't as a coach I don't know how I'd feel. I'd say <laughs> good job shooting, but give us a little something else. But again, this is a game where teams struggled to shoot free throws, or it would have been a little higher scoring. But uh, Nevaeh Mason had 14 points. Julia Schaefer had 14 points for uh, K-Pack. And uh, Peck, Riley Real with 11, and Ava Collins with uh, 9. It was just a good back-and-forth basketball game between these two teams. Um, Yeah, there were stretches where it got a little sloppy and chaotic, but um, I, I was actually very pleasantly surprised because I went into the game. I had seen K-Pac play last year, mm-hmm. and they really struggled. And I looked at their roster, and it was a lot of the same girls. They have really made an improvement. That's good. Um, and, uh, again, um, I just thought of the games that, that I did over the weekend, this one kind of stands out as one of the ones that was just better. It was closer. It was competitive. It was down to the wire. Um, and either team could have won at the end, and K-Pack was two points better. Right. And they hey, they did a good job. They get a win. Um, and that's, that was a good matchup for SC4. Yeah. Uh, take a break, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll go back to boys because we'll talk about the other big win that Northern had, um, and we'll kind of wrap up what happened uh, on uh, Friday and and close out the 2022 portion of the year because it's 2023 now. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 for all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. 
Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year, Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis and uh, Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports uh, podcast. Uh, We're finally to Friday, but uh, the first game we want to talk about didn't happen at SC4. Uh, Northern and Hamtramck in boys uh, basketball. Uh, another dramatic win by the Huskies, this time 70-69 to in overtime. Tyler Jameson, 32 points, 13 rebounds, 6 of 6. Is that all? Alex Jameson, 20 points. Amir Moreland, 14 points. Those three had 66 points combined. Out of the 70. Yes. Yeah. But, but again, this is better for Northern. Well, and this is why they're good. Okay, so... That game, it was Alex Jamison and Amir Moreland giving the support. Next game, it might be Cam Haru, and it might be Luke Maher. Well, the game before Maher yeah. had 12 points. Right, so they can, hey, they pick each other up. And you know what Tyler's going to give you? 32 points against Sam Tramick, who is a team they could see in a regional final. 
it's we were looking at it. The the team they would most likely see in a regional final would be either Hamtramck or De La Salle. Uh, and and the thing with uh, with this is like Northern hasn't had those other that that was the big thing that we talked about last year was Northern struggled to get those secondary points. You had to go back to Jamison's sophomore year when they had McNeil. Yes. And he would get them 15, 16, sometimes over 20 points a game, and that made Northern a little more dangerous. Now, here is what Hamtramck's resume is, and this is why it's a big win. Beat Catholic Central by eight. Lost to King in double overtime. Beat Canton. Their one loss is to North Farmington, and if you're not aware, North Farmington's like a top 10 team in the state. Yeah. They beat Romeo by almost 30 before that game. That is a huge win, and this win, even more so than the Skyline win, is what made me go, all right, this kid needs to be under heavy consideration for Mr. Basketball because you're playing against one of the premier teams in the state and you go 30-13 and 6, 32-13 and 6, don't want to leave him short. Yeah. That's that's an unbelievable performance and to have two freshmen combined for 34 points to help that out as well. What more can you ask for? Uh and and that's the the part of the game that we don't I mean like we mention it but we don't like dwell on it is that he he's a double-double every game. And he has games where he gets 20 rebounds. Yeah. Like the night he scored 59 last year, he had 20 rebounds in that game. And it's not because he's missing shots. No. Like a lot of guys get a lot, you know, oh, they, they miss a couple and get the offensive rebound and finally stick You'll it back You'll see it in. like, yeah. Uh, that's not how, how he's doing it. He's getting a lot of defensive rebounds. Like they don't have a true big, so a lot of times – Tyler plays the, the, the post, and Tyler plays against the other well, team's big. Well, they don't big. have a true big, but every kid on the team's like damn near 6'1", 6'2". I, I but know, they don't, but... You're saying they don't have like a 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, they they don't kid. have a true center. Right. And a lot of times, that's where Tyler ends up playing on the floor. Now that they've got more guys who can handle the ball and bring it up and do things on the perimeter. But how about Alex Jamison with 20 points? That's a every, heck of a game. Everybody told us he could shoot. And again, he scores 20 and we're like, nice game. That's a good game where 98% of the kids we cover, they score 20. We're talking about a career day. Yeah. No, Northern is setting up the standard for this season is they can do special things. They can go on runs that they haven't done in a long time. And this Hamtramck win is one of those that you look at and you go, that is a team that is state good. They beat them away from Northern and I mean, what what else is there to say about this win? What else is there to say against Port Huron Northern? They've had what out of their five games, Port Huron, I believe, is the only team with a losing. Well, oh, Chip Valley might have a losing record, but still, look at the teams they've beaten, whether they're six and zero, oh, whatever, and they have just passed every test, and they are living up to the hype, which is a very hard thing to do. And and here's the the thing about it, Brady, is we're going to get into Mac White play, and it might be like. A lot of it might be disappointing because Mott, Romeo, I, I don't think they're really but good teams. But New, New Haven, Haven is sitting there. Gross so it's, Point North. It's not a slam dunk that Ike. the Huskies are just going to win their league going away. No, no. And here's the other thing. They have three home games in the month of January. 
They start their first tour at home against Montnike, then they have New Haven in the middle of the month, and that's it. They're going to be on the road a lot. Yeah, that that Mott game, that could get ugly. Well, <laughs> I'm hoping it does. Well, yeah, you wanted to see another big performance. Mott's 0-5, yeah, they, they have struggled yeah. a lot. But Northern is, I think the D-Zone had them as the number 20th, number 20 team in the state. That's respect. That is, as much as we complain sometimes about, hey, our guys aren't getting respect, our teams aren't getting respect, because of what Northern's done, they've gone out and they've made the statements, and every chance we've said that, hey, we can now really back you up, now they're getting love from not just here, they're getting love statewide. To say you're a top 20 team in the state, regardless of division, that's saying you're a contender to make a deep run. To, they're saying you can make it to Breslin. Now, I just like the Huskies have been good. Their average margin of victory is 10 in their games. New Haven is winning games by 40 points. Yes, but some of those teams aren't as good as uh, like the MLA City wins a really nice one. Osborne's not that good. Marysville has been struggling. We'll talk about them. They struggled at St. Clair. We know we know St. Clair's a good team, but they're not. They they haven't been able to find a way to finish. Kersley's two and three. So yeah, New Haven is body slamming some teams they should body slam, but it they're not playing Hamtramck. They're not playing Cross Lex. They're not playing Chip Valley. They're playing good teams, but like they beat Madison. They played half the Max Silver. They played an MLA City team that will that is upper middle part of the BWAC. I li- I think New Haven's a really good team, don't get me wrong. But you look at their schedule, you're not going, oh, wow. Oh, no, wow. No, I, I know, but I'm just to, to consistently win by that as much as they do let's game see. in a game out. They're averaging 73 points a game. They're doing something right. Let's see what and they they're do. only giving up 33. Let's see what they do at Gross Point North. Yeah. You go to Gross Point North, I don't care if you win on an, a behind-the-back bank shot at the buzzer. That's impressive. They went uh, behind the back. Went, well, we'll get into crazy shots in just a moment. First, you saw Cass City Marysville play. Yeah, Cass City just, I mean, they, they overmatched Marysville. Marysville couldn't handle the physicality from guys like Carter Patrick, and especially Mike Fernald. Mike Fernald was the, he was the strongest guy on the court, and he played like it. Marysville couldn't shoot. Uh, they... They had trouble getting to the basket, and Cassidy defensively frustrated them. And, yeah, they, they, they just dominated a team that they were better than. 62-28, Cassidy gets the win. Fernald leads everyone with 20 points. Yeah, it was funny because uh, I saw Cassidy once last year. Remember, I went down there and I watched them play Sandusky, and Sandusky beat him at the buzzer. That was, that was two years ago. But it was Fernald that made the three that put Cassidy ahead that forced Sandusky – to make the buzzer beater, and I think Patrick was their leading scorer that night. Yeah, Pat- so those guys have been playing for a while now. Patrick had fifteen or seventeen points as well, and Fernald he just did what he wanted in the the paint, and there wasn't really anyone from Marysville that could stop them. Zach Winston was the leading scorer with eight, but that included a a buzzer beater. I think at the end of the third quarter, to that was a bank shot. I saw a lot of buzzer beaters this weekend. <laughs> I didn't even realize that, uh, but. Just Marysville struggling offensively, struggling defensively. And, well, the defense is hurt when you can't consistently get offense. 
when the team's running down the other court in the fast break, you can't set up in any sort of defense. So, yeah, Marysville has to find a way to score points. And, hey, everyone on that team's getting a shot. They play everyone on yeah. that bench. So it is a prime opportunity for someone to step up. And there, there were two JV kids that got called up, Anthony Fraley and Cooper Smith. They only had two points each, but they, they played as well as anyone out there. They were, they were solid players for Marysville. You wouldn't have known they were JV players if no one told me. Yeah, the, but they do. They, they need. And the other badly came up as well. They need some consistency. Like the, they, they, they need somebody who is some kind of a threat to to get uh, I mean at least last year they had Bowman who could make a three uh and w- when he was when he was healthy and and playing well you know they had Simpson in the post I mean right yeah the, they're 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 two most dangerous players haven't played yet this right, season and Kai Radford yeah should be back at some point but it's always tough to pick up middle of the season. I mentioned New Haven beat Kersley 85-40. And Cardinal Mooney beats Clintondale 52-49. Behind the back, through the rafters, <laughs> over the shoulder, on a bound. I mean, come on. the the Trent the, Rice can't do anything wrong yeah, right now. The, the game-winning the par- bucket was stupid. So, McAndrews sends me the video. I see it. They basically... Trent Rice, uh, it was 49-49. They had an inbound underneath their own basket. Rice got it at the top of his own key, went across half court, was basically sitting on the bench as he fades away and throws up a prayer, bank in, game over, Mooney wins. And it's like, okay. And McAndrews texts me, he goes, I'm kind of mad because no one could hit a free throw again down the stretch, but Trent has to bail them all out by hitting (laughs) the best shot of his career. And, yeah. Right now, like Mooney's like Teflon right now. Yeah. They just find a way to get wins, and they are getting ready for a really tough league schedule. But that's a good win against Clintondale. 52-49, uh, Hilliker with 13. Catavera had 11 points, 9 rebounds. Uh, Rice only had 11 points. Had so the that, three so, points. So he had 8 when he put that shot up, which is a very pedestrian game for him. And and But, but with that shot, and, and I love it because you, you showed me the, the – the video. the video of it, and I just I love the atmosphere. Um, this is Cardinal Mooney, and for a long time, people just ignored them, and it was a joke. And to see the kids storm the court right. after the winning basket, it's like the culture is changing there. Well, yeah, people. in 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 athletics, you know, yeah. we, we, we look at what football well, for a long has time done basketball yeah. basketball was the only sport anyone paid attention to Mooney at. Yeah. And now it's But for a while there it was the girls, not right. the boys. Right. The boys had a good run. They made a, a state finals appearance, what, in twenty ten? Yeah, but I, again, twenty ten is twelve years ago now. It was a long time ago. You know, and or thirteen years ago now. Uh, you know, and baseball has been really strong and, and I mean the 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 attitude is is kind of changing there. At least in boys sports. sports yeah, Mooney we need to has, get the girls sports Mooney going. Mooney has been maybe the most consistent school around in terms of athletics. That's a that's a really nice win again. A prayer of a three. Just <laughs> hey, start making your free throws so you don't have to make the shot to to pull off the prayer win. Two things like I wish we were broadcasting the game because two things there. One, it's an exciting finish. 
uh, circus shot, and the team that we would be rooting for wins the game. And two, thank goodness we're not going to overtime. <laughs> 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 and it would have been cool because the dog pile on Trent would have been like two feet in front of yeah, you. Yeah, because that's the corner that we broadcast out of. I, I could see the table sitting there because as soon as he took the shot, I'm like, oh, that's Mooney's bench. We would have right. been right there on top of it. Yeah, it would have been pretty cool. Have you ever had the opposite of that? Can you remember a team you were doing losing on a buzzer beater? Oh, yeah, it happens. Well, like, I'm trying to think. In a, I don't think I've had one where, uh, where at the buzzer – a team loses. I mean, I've had buzzer beaters like Brown City beat PH last year on a buzzer beater. Um, Almont basically won on a buzzer beater. But, like, a heartbreaking loss like that on a buzzer beater, I can't think of for when it was, like, one of our teams versus the road. I know Lakeview kind of did it to Marysville in 20. but yeah. Well, I mean, not since we've been doing 21. Get Stuck on Sports. But, I mean, I go back further than that. And, yes, I have had games. <laughs> I can't give you a particular. Right moments because i've seen a bazillion games but yes i have seen the the team i've been there rooting for lose at the buzzer before well the team you're rooting for at sc4 port Huron gets a 40 to 24 win over an undefeated farwell team yeah and uh farwell did not look good in this game and it's because ph made him look bad and i'm going to tell you what this game would have been a lot worse but PH was in foul trouble. They were up 12 to nothing, Brady. They were up 12 to nothing in the first quarter, and the fouls were nine against PH, one against Farwell. How do you get up 12 to nothing when every whistle is against you? So unless it was a charge, they were charges, you're shooting at least that's three bonus free throws. But um, Far- Farwell came out very aggressively. They lost the tap, and they tried to trap the the guard Weber at midcourt with three players and she got the pass over the defenders and Williams threw a bullet pass down to Izzy Tremblay standing in front of their basket and the closest players to her from Farwell were the girls on the bench easy layup bang two nothing and PH says oh you want to trap steal on the inbounds because of the pressure layup steal on the inbounds because of the pressure layup and it was six nothing just like that um, the, the, the big reds are solid. They just destroyed them on the glass, especially in the first half. I think PH got every single rebound in the first half of this game. I mean, I'm sure Farwell had rebounds, but I don't, there were so few that I don't remember them. It just seemed like every big reds come up with a rebound, big reds come up with a rebound, second chance, third chance, fourth chance. Hey, they finally score. Um, Ileana Williams had 15, but the Big Reds spread it around, and a lot of players contributed, and a lot of players did good things, and they ultimately they got to play a lot of kids uh, too. They won the game 40 to 24, but it felt like 60 to 10. Like it Farwell really never did. really had a chance, and and like I say, all of this with PH in foul trouble the whole game. They had close to 30 fouls. Didn't you have the final total at one point? I, I, I think I had twenty, like 27 to 8 for the game. And you win by 16. And you win by 16. So you were barely in the bonus if they counted fouls for the entire game. Well, I, uh, PH didn't shoot very many and free throws I think the at way, all. The way you said is Port Huron was fouling, but it should have been like 25 to 16 instead of 27 to 8. Yeah, like uh, I, I'm not going to say that the fouls they called against Port Huron High were not fouls. There were one or two that I thought were really touchy, and I got kind of annoyed 
because, okay, if you're going to call those, but you're not calling anything at the other I mean, PH is crashing the glass, and on every stick back, a girl is getting fouled, and they're not calling anything. But at the other end, it's a foul. Right. I get annoyed by that. Fouls are fouls are fouls. And, yeah, did Farwell foul less? Yes. But did they foul? Yes. Should <laughs> they, they fouled have had, 20 times should, less. Should they have had twice the number that were called against them? Yes. And I think at times the score had something to do with the way it was called. I hate to say that, but that's how I, I walked away from that. And I might just be because I'm a homer. Right. But, hey, PH gets a big win and beats an undefeated team that maybe they're going, maybe we're just area good. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, again, when the game was over, I'm like, how was Farwell 7-0? and Maybe you just Maybe I just worst. caught them on a bad night. Because they had to play late and SC4 was delayed. That's the other thing. Is and PH is PH. They, they muck up, muddy up, and, and They can just sit bully. at home. They, they bowl at home all day. Yeah, where Farwell, I'm sure, was because the game didn't tip to what, like ten o'clock. Well, it wasn't quite that late. It was like nine nine forty, I think. We tipped off. Oh, and just so everyone's aware, the first game of the day was supposed to be Deckerville Oak Park, which Deckerville won thirty nine twenty one. Supposed to tip at nine thirty. Oak Park thought they tipped at eleven, so they showed up for eleven, and we were behind the game basically yeah. the entire day. So that was a great way to start off the day. Um, but Port Huron gets a big win. Marysville also knocks off an undefeated team. God, can we get that Marysville-Port Huron game that we were supposed to have before Christmas? 40-38 to 38 in overtime. Marysville did not look good for large portions of this game, especially in the first half. They were down 21-15 at half. They were outscored in the second quarter 14-6, to and it looked like Meridian was just going to pull away. At one point, because I was sitting there with you, you were broadcasting the game, but I, I came out early because I wanted to see Marysville play. Um, they were down double digits, and I was thinking in my head, because uh, they had lost 62-30 to the game before, and I'm like, wow, is Marysville just area good and they're not right. state good this year? Yeah, well, at one point, I think Avery Wolters had the first 14 points or 16 points for Marysville. Yeah. It was it was a lot of points, but Avery Wolters kept them in the game. At the third quarter, they were able to make it 31-28. Then in the, early in the fourth quarter, after Meridian and Marysville each traded a bucket, it was 33-30, and Meridian tried to get cute. There was six and a half minutes to go in the game. That's a long time. And Meridian tried to stall. One possession game, Meridian tried to stall. They killed like a minute and a half, but Marysville got the ball back and and made it a one-point game. And it just took them out of their rhythm. And Marysville was able to tie the game. And I just, I really didn't like it. I thought the Meridian coach got too cute and went, ooh, they're playing a zone. If we're up in the fourth quarter, we're holding it. And the way Meridian played all game was high-paced, frantic basketball. And at times, it bothered Marysville. But then they slowed it down, and it, Marysville was able to get back in the game. They were able to tie it. And I, I don't know. I personally really didn't like the, the attempt to stall because they didn't just stand there and hold it. They were still trying to dribble and feign running an offense. And it just took them out of all rhythm after the third quarter ended. 
Remember, this game went to overtime. Yep. It was 37-37 at the end of regulation. At the end of at the end of the third quarter, Sanford Meridian only scored seven more points in the next 12 minutes of basketball after scoring 7, 14, and 10 in the first three quarters. Well, I mean, they, they lost the game. They got outscored in overtime, what, like 3-1 to one or something yeah. like that. They only made one shot from the field. It was Helen McLaughlin hit a three. That was the only shot from the field they hit after the third quarter ended, and Marysville did enough to come back and win. Avery Walters ended with 23. In overtime, Ava Grant hadn't scored, scored all three points in overtime, yep. including hitting a huge bucket to make it 40-38. to 38. And Marysville ended Meridian's undefeated season. Heck of a job by Marysville to come back. But, yeah, Dennis, you were there. I, I just thought Ryan Rathje sat back and let the other team make mistakes, and his team kind of did the same thing and said, we're fine. We'll, we'll make it work. And they sure as heck did. Well, the, the thing that I like is like, he doesn't panic, and, it, and his kids didn't panic in this game, and there were chances for them to panic. Right. And like there was there, no there Megan chances. She was out sick. Yeah, there were chances for this game to uh, unravel. And you know I'm a big Avery Walters fan. I, I just think she's a great athlete. Um, and she had 23 points. But the girl that I thought was really good for Marysville was Addison Minesburg. Mm-hmm. Both ends of the court. She gave them some offense. She had, I think, seven points yep. in this game. And, and she was just really solid, handles the ball, too. And in this game, as you said, it was chaotic for a lot of this game. So you need more than just one kid handling the basketball. And she was as steady as it comes when it was her turn to handle the basketball. Yeah, and the seven points is, again, a very nice complimentary piece to uh, Avery Walters. Again, defensively, I thought she did a good job, and especially at the end of the game. Marysville was calm. I don't think Sanford Meridian was calm. Ryan Rathje sat back and let Meridian get too cute and try to do all these things, and all right, yep, we'll get a steal up, 33-32. All right, up, 34-33. Oh, you hit a three. Oh, well, we'll go score again to tie it. I think the first, like, 29 points of the game were scored by two players. Yeah, McLaughlin and Walters. Yeah, I think it was Walters 16, McLaughlin 13 at one point. It was something ridiculous (laughs) like that. But that was a very nice win for Marysville. I think that I give all the credit in the world to to the the girls on that team. I've never seen a group of girls just be so unfazed by adversity. Or or say, just say a team in any sport. They are the prime example of, all right, just stay the course, stay the course, stay the course. Sometimes, yeah, you lose by 30. Come back, and they're down double digits at SC4 against an undefeated team. What do they do? Come back, win in overtime. Yeah. That, that, was, uh, that, that was the – there were some close games. That was, was the most exciting game. This was the most intense game. This was a game that actually got reactions from me right. watching uh, a few times. Like, I did a couple of fist pumps on right. big plays. Um, uh, so th- that was a fun game. <sighs> I don't know who does the scheduling for poor St. Clair when they come to this event. They have gotten some, but they have Goliaths. been hosed. They have Last year it was Goliaths. Lake Fenton, and this year they had to play a Goodrich team that's just stupid good. Um, and it's, uh, again, Goodrich won this one 67 to 23, and this is the same Goodrich team that beat Emily City by 24. Yeah. I mean, and, and the Saints, the Saints are not a team that many teams are going to beat by 42 points. 
No. They're not. And we said this last year when they played Lake Fenton. Like, teams aren't going to do that to to St. Clair. But, I mean, you could just tell right from the start that Goodrich is a group. They've played together for a few years. And they've just they, – they are solid. They make free throws. I think they had 13 free throws. They can shoot threes. They had a dozen threes. That's and, a lot of threes. And they scored 10 buckets lobbing the ball into the paint because they've got a big post player. And she didn't play the fourth quarter of the game. Right. So I, Goodrich is just super solid. Um, St. Clair did what they could do. Uh, but uh, against Goodrich, it wasn't nearly enough. Uh, Aaron Saros didn't play the first quarter of the game, but was the Saints' leading scorer with eight points. Uh, and Brooke uh, Gracia came in in the uh, second uh, quarter and really played well. Uh, scored seven points. She had a little run in the first half that was like, wow. Uh, if you can get that from this player all the time, that's really going to make St. Clair all the more tougher. Right. Right. Uh, last couple of scores, Howell beat Yale 60-29, to and Deckerville, as I mentioned, beat Oak Park 39-21. And that's everything. I think we're all caught up. To close up. out the year. All right. What do we have to start this year? No games tonight. No games tonight. On Monday. But a big one uh, tomorrow night uh, in terms of girls' basketball uh, because uh, Vassar is at Sandusky and Aldemott with a win, would tie the record of 797 uh, wins. Um, and Sandusky at home, um, I don't know. If, uh, I don't. I wouldn't want to be Vassar. And I don't think Vassar is horrible. I just wouldn't want to be Vassar. I, I don't see any way those kids aren't going to win that game for right. And hopefully that gym's packed. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sure the whole town will be there. Hopefully. Uh, I, I'd be shocked if they're not. If they're not, they're not paying attention or they really don't like the name change. I don't know. Uh, our Armada boys at PH tomorrow night. That's the game that I'll be at. Um, again, these are two teams that I think both could use a win. And so this is a very interesting ball game to me. Who wants it more? Right. Who, who feels the game's more important? It's a non-league game, but who feels the game's more important and wants this game more? Both are starting tough leagues. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, later in the uh, week, uh, hockey returns. It feels like a long time since we've had a hockey game, but uh, Northern will play uh, Wednesday night at uh, McMorrin against uh, Lance Cruz Unified, the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year. Right. So that will be uh, interesting. Northern was playing better before the break. Uh, a, a game that uh, I think uh, will also tell us a lot, Yale at Emily City in girls basketball. Yes, it will. Um, that'll be a big one. Looking uh, forward to seeing the PH girls play Dakota. I know it's not the same Dakota team as past years, but it's still Dakota. Right. Uh, and so there'll be a lot of interest in that game while the Crosslex boys play Yale later in the week. Oh, that'll be a lot, of fun. <laughs> a lot of and, fun. And that's in Yale. Yes. So that'll be a, a fun one. Hopefully they have their AT&T tower back up. Uh, on, uh, on Friday, I'm going to road trip it. Out to Unionville Seabwing. Assuming. Uh, assuming that they beat Vassar, then Al will be going. Well, no, yeah, either way you're going because if they yeah, lose. Yeah, because if they lose, he the still can tie the, the record uh, against uh, USA. But he's either going to tie the record or be going for the tie of the record or trying to set a brand new record 
uh, on Friday night at uh, USA. Uh, and that same night, uh, Marysville and PH are going to play boys basketball, and I don't care what the records are. It's Marysville, PH. They're going right. to kill each other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be a whole lot of fun. So good week to start the uh, the new year. Yeah, I'm excited for it. So anything else you got? No, I don't. Uh, just uh, Tyler Jamis and Mr. Basketball 2023. There you go. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.